Tis the season for many awesome things. Good food? Check. A nice little break from school? Check. Oh, and uh, let's not forget the gifts. Big gifts, small gifts. Even that pet lizard your little brother caught and then gave you. Thanks, bro. Whatever the present, receiving a gift is never a bad thing. But have you ever wondered what kicked off the whole presents under the tree holiday? Giving gifts at Christmas actually started with one gift. It was a gift that would ultimately change people, history, and the world. And the thing is, this gift is still impacting people. Because once someone receives this gift, they pass it on to someone else. No wrapping, no card, no lizards. Just a personalized gift that has the potential to change someone's life. Because when it comes to Christmas, it's all in the present. Hey, who's excited to not take another final? Who's, who's ready for finals to be over with? Listen, I have one more final tomorrow, and I'm home free, and I'm so excited for that. I am not a fan of finals at all, uh, but I'm super excited for Christmas break. Hope you guys are too, but let's start off the night with prayer. So let's join me in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, thank you so much for this night. Uh, thank you for uh, ugly sweaters. Thank you for high school. Uh, thank you for great volunteers and great students. Thank you for the worship that we had. And, and Lord, I just want to pray over these next 20 minutes that, that we just focus in and we just hear something from you, God. Thank you for your presence in this room. And uh, just thank you for all the blessings that we have. That's all these things in your name. Amen. Guys, listen, I love, I love Christmas time. I love the decorations, and I love the smell of my house. I can't wait to be there, and just all the candles my mom has. Like, she's the boss with candles, I'll tell you that. But I, I, love, I love being home with my family. You know, over the past few years, I've been gone, so I really cherish this time that I get with my family. And see, every year, uh, we all load up in the car, and we head to this one house uh, in particular. This, this family just decks their house in decorations, uh, it goes from inflatables to the light-up Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus with penguins on skates. But the coolest part about this house is they have, this, they have a roller coaster on their house. Like, I'm talking, it's legit, all right? So you have Santa Claus in a sleigh, starts on the roof, and you know how roller coasters go. You drop down the big hill, go to the middle, he hits this loop. I'm telling you, it's pretty sweet. Santa Claus is flying by this point, and then by the end, he makes it to the top of the roof, safe and sound to deliver the presents, right? And every time we leave this house, me and my family, we're like pumped about Christmas. We got the Christmas spirit going, right? You guys all know what the Christmas spirit is. And it's funny that that during Christmas time, during the Christmas season, things like love and joy, peace, kindness, and goodness are just multiplied. I mean, they're everywhere that you go. I mean, whether that's at the mall when you're shopping, like people are always have like these smiles on during Christmas time. I, I know that's true. I, I've been doing my Christmas shopping for my sisters. It's really hard. Uh, but anyways, but it's, I mean, it's at school too. Like, I mean, I, I know some of your teachers probably set up the classrooms. I don't know about high school. Normally like elementary teachers are like bomb at this. High school teachers are like, let's do finals. Uh. But, but the Christmas spirit is everywhere. It, it, somewhere along the, uh, along the way during this time is like someone came up with that phrase, Christmas spirit, and, and it just pertains to, to the love and the joy, the peace, the kindness and goodness, right? And nothing gets me into the Christmas spirit just like, like, as much as the Christmas lights do. At my house, the, the, the big chore is to hang the Christmas lights, and my dad absolutely hates it. Who, who loves hanging Christmas lights on your house? 
it, you're, you're lying to yourself. It's not, it's not fun. Like, like every single year, my mom asked my dad to do it, and all you hear is groaning, and, and like it's, it's just it's awful. And my dad always drags me outside. He's always like, oh, I, I got to do all the chump jobs. Like, I got to pull out the lights. I have to untangle them, straighten them out, plug them in. And half the time, they never work. Where my dad, he's over here. He's climbing the ladder. He's walking on the roof. And for some reason, I've always, I always want to do that. Who doesn't want to be on the roof? Like, I don't know what our obsession with that. Like, like we always went to climb roofs when we were younger. It was fun. Like, it was a cool thing to do. But I don't remember a year where we got all the lights out and we hung them up without any problems. Like these days consisted of running to Walmart and getting new lights because they all broke. Or, or these like close-to-death experiences on the rickety old ladder that we owned. Like I couldn't tell you how many times my dad almost fell off and broke his neck. Like, but he did it all because he loved my mom. And it's funny that my dad's attitude completely changed. It, it went from being so frustrated with the lights so once they were all set up, he had the sense of satisfaction. And it's crazy to me that, that our attitudes can change so much during the season. See, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you actually enjoy the time of season, but as soon as all the decorations are up, the Christmas music is on, your wish lists are coming together, we just become more joyous people. And you know, it's crazy that that we can go from the first 11 months of the year where we live these lives that, that are self-focused and self-centered and selfish. But as soon as the lights go up, we have this, this compassion and these hearts full of serving for the hungry and for the homeless. And all we want to do is we want to give, give, and give. But then just as, the, as when the lights go up, our attitudes change when the lights come down. Our generosity and our servant-like hearts become dry and barren, just waiting for the next time the lights go back up. So the question that we're going to focus in on tonight is, is how can we live a life, a life of a full 12 years, 365 days, focused on generosity? Because the point is, is being generous, being generous should be continuous. So one thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at how can we be generous with our time. So if you're writing stuff down, this is the first point. How can we be generous with our time? And don't get me wrong, I'm not asking you to throw away the schedules that you have, because I know you're busy. I know you have school nine hours of the day. I know you sleep for about eight more hours of the day, and then I know all the other hours you're either working, playing sports, or doing homework. You're busy. I get it. I know what that's like. So I'm not asking you to throw away your schedule, but I'm asking you to do what God asks us to do, and that is to be intentional with your time. Open your Bibles to James 1, verse 22. I need to hear someone say that they're there before I get going. No one's there yet? All right, cool. All right, so James 1, verse 22. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. See, see, if you base your relationship on God 
by just coming to church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, then you really, you, you need to question your faith. You need to question your relationship with God. Because that, that is not what he's called us to do. See, see God has called us, God has called us to be in a full-time relationship with him. So you can't just come in on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and merely listen to the words that are spoken here or the words spoken by, by your leaders. That's not how it works. See, God has called us to be intentional with our times no matter where we're at, whether we're at school, whether we're at our job, whether we're playing a sport, you are called to be in a relationship with God. Rick Warren said this, he said, you are the light of the world, not because of what you have done or what you can do, but simply because you have a relationship with Jesus. So students, be a light to the world wherever you are. I know this guy named Joey, and when Joey was in high school, he was a stud athlete. I'm talking, this kid could throw a football. One of the best quarterbacks in the state. And as a sophomore, everybody knew that he was going to be the next varsity quarterback. A sophomore in high school. He, he, didn't go to a, he went to a big school. He was a good athlete. Went to all the football camps. Practicing all the off, he, I mean, he worked his butt off to, to get to that point. But before sophomore year started, Joey decided on his own that he wanted to go to a Christian school. He wanted to do that for two reasons. He wanted to learn more about the Bible, but he was so hungry for a relationship with God that he wanted to get away from this, this image of just being an athlete, that he wanted to be a follower of God. So Joey did two things. He went to the school he studied, he studied, he studied the Bible, but he also played football because that was a passion of his. And if you knew Joey, if you know Joey now, you know one thing, that Joey loves to love on people and he loves to love on God. That's all he does, whether he's at work. I mean, he, this is his job. He goes to the open door mission and he works his butt off. Like, he loves people. Whether he's at school, he's always seeking people who need to be loved on. That's Joey. Joey chose as a sophomore in high school to be a light to the world. So let's be intentional with our times. Let's be generous with our time. The second thing we're going to talk about tonight is, is to be, we need to be generous with our gifts. Before we get into that, let's jump to 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. It's right by James, not too far away. I need someone to say that they're there before I get going. Sweet. Anybody else? Cool. First Peter 4, 10 through 11 says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be, be praised through Jesus Christ. So when, I, when I'm saying be generous with your gifts, I'm not talking about the gifts that people give you, but I'm talking about the gifts that God gives us. See, God has given each and every one of you, he's given you a gift. Some people call them spiritual gifts. You can call it what you want, but he's given you a gift. And a lot of you guys are like, how, do, how am I supposed to know what my gift is? And we're going to walk through that. So one way you can figure out what your gift is is by this, is by listening and by paying attention to what breaks your heart. Because whatever breaks your heart normally leads to whatever you're passionate about. I have a friend named Brandon. When Brandon was in high school, he went on a mission trip to Guatemala. 
He went with this organization called Prince of Peace, and Prince of Peace uh, is a home to orphan girls. I got to go there this past, past April, and let me tell you, these girls' stories will break your heart. And when Brandon was in high school, the first time he went, I mean, his heart was broken for these girls. It was God allowed these girls to break his heart so like, Brandon could figure out what he's passionate about. Brandon is passionate about loving girls who have never had any type of love in their life. So he's dedicated his life to ministry outside of this country where he can love on orphans and love on widows for the rest of his life. That's what he wants to do. See, God broke his heart to show him what he's passionate about. So listen and pay attention to what breaks your heart. Another thing is that you need to listen to other people. When I grew up, I loved playing sports. Baseball was my thing. That's what, that's what we did. That's, um, my dad, he loved baseball, so I loved baseball. And every, as I grew up, people kept telling me as I got older, that I have this, this act and this sense of leadership, and I had no idea what it was about. My dad was standing up here. He'd tell you, this is why people said that. They said that because I never would shut my mouth when I played sports. I seriously, I would talk the whole time, like whether it's to my teammates, whether it's to the ref or to the, or the ump or to, the, to my coach. I, was, I never shut up, like, and I was super loud. Except when in middle school, like, you go into that puberty thing, like, your voice goes in and out. That was really awkward for me. But seriously, I, I never stopped talking. So people kept telling me I had this active leadership, and I never really understood it but, until I heard this. And it was because God was, telling, God was allowing these people to tell me this so I can figure out that, that I have this active leadership and that I need to lead people in the right direction. So pay attention to what breaks your heart and, to li- and listen to others. Another way is, is to learn and to understand what you're passionate about. Like I said, I'm passionate about sports, but I'm also passionate about people who are lost and who don't know God. And God has given me many, many opportunities to combine those two things to bring people closer to God. Another story is my sister. Her, she's 23, 24, married. Uh, she lives back in Kentucky. She's passionate about the weirdest thing. She is passionate about middle school students. If you think about middle school, I, like, for me, I hated middle school. I don't know if I told you guys that. I hated middle school because I was always in trouble. I was super awkward, and I, half the time I probably smelled bad, but I didn't really understand what that meant, and I didn't smell myself. So, like, I hated middle school. But see, my sister, she loves middle school students. She loves how awkward and how smelly and how just weird they are. I don't, I, I, she told me that when I was in high school, and I was like, you are weird. But see, she's devoted the past two years of her lives to middle school students. And she's taken this middle school program at her church, and she's, at, she's doubled the size of that group because she loves middle school students. So if you want to know what your gifts are, these are just three, they're not foolproof, these are just three ways to understand. And you can't ignore the fact that things break your heart, and you can't ignore what people are telling you. And you can't ignore the fact that you're passionate about things. See, God gives you these things to display his purpose for your life and to help you understand the purpose for your life. Because normally gifts and passions go hand in hand with your purpose while you're here on earth. And if you're diligently and passionately following after God, I promise that God is going to reveal these things to you. So we need to be generous with our time, and we need to be generous with the gifts that we have. The last thing is we need to be generous with our money. 
Yeah, we're talking about money, something that not a lot of you guys have. I didn't have it in high school. But Deuteronomy 14.22 says this. You can turn your Bibles there. I'll give you like five seconds. Everybody there? 14.22 says this. It says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. One thing that we need to understand first off about tithing is this, is that God didn't institute tithing for his own personal benefit. Because let me tell you, God doesn't need the things that we have. It's not, it's, this is not for God's benefit. This is, tithing is purely for our benefit. And I know, I know you're sitting and you're thinking, like, I, I don't have a lot to tithe. Just hear me out for a second, though. The reasons why we should tithe and the reasons why we should give 10% of everything that we have is for one, that it keeps God first in our lives. When you make a habit, when you make a lifestyle of giving, of giving your money, you are keeping God first by saying, hey, look, this isn't mine. This is yours. And that's why I'm giving it to you. Another reason is that it produces an unselfish lifestyle. It produces an unselfish heart. And if you, haven't, if you haven't learned this by now, I'm going to tell you, unselfish people make for way better friends. Unselfish people make for way better brothers and sisters and way better sons and daughters. And one day down the road, you can ask your leaders in small groups that unselfish people make for better husbands and wives. And unselfish people will one day make, for a better, make you a better father and a better mother. Because when we live this unselfish life, our focus stops, stops being on us and it starts being on the people around us. And, and it may, it, I promise that it makes people want to be with you and be around you. There's this man named, named Rick Warren. Rick's a pastor out in California. He's pastor of this mega church. And they have like campuses in California, Hong Kong, China. I mean, literally everywhere. They're huge. And I mean, Rick Warren's a big deal. Like whenever there's an issue with Christian church, like he kind of steps in and like he fills that role as, as the Christian church of America, I should say. But one thing that people don't know about Rick Warren is this, is that a couple years ago, actually a few years ago, when, when we were all younger, he wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life. And that book exploded and hit the bestsellers list, right? So Rick was making all this money from this book, and, and as he was making that money, he thought this. He thought that the church, that the church that was paying him should stop paying him because they could do so much better with the money that, instead of giving it to him. They could do so much with money that, that he was getting from them. So not only did Rick tell the church to stop paying him, but he went all the way back to when he was hired by the church, and he paid back all the money they ever gave him. That's a lot of money. And let me tell you that, that Rick didn't just wake up one day. He didn't just say, hey, here's the money. I just want to give it back to you. You know, see, Rick had a lifestyle of unselfishness and of giving. See, Rick never, he has, he's lived in the same house ever since he got married. I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that Rick didn't have a lot of money. Rick had a lot of money. But Rick made a lifestyle of giving, giving, and giving. So don't wait 
until you have that full-time job. Don't wait until you have that part-time job. I don't care what you have. I don't care how much money you have. Start giving now as a high school student because it will make it easier as you get older and you, and you will start making more money. It will get easier to give away that 10%. And maybe one day you'll start giving away more because you don't need the money. And that's a beautiful thing. But students, don't wait to start tithing. Don't wait to start giving your money. So we need to be generous with our time. We need to be generous with our gifts. And we need to be generous with our money. See, the Christmas spirit wouldn't be the Christmas spirit without Christmas. And we all know, we all know what Christmas is all about. We talked about it last week, that, that verse John 3.16. God gave the ultimate gift. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. So, so we have this example of the most generous gift ever. So who are we to say that we can't give our time, or we can't give our gifts, or we can't give our time? Being generous should be continuous. Just look at the example we have. Take away, take the generosity that was given to you. Take the love that was given to you by Jesus, by God, the gift of eternal life, the chance that we have eternity to spend in heaven with him. And create this lifestyle of generosity. I hope, I hope that this Christmas this year, you guys get off school this week, right? So you have a two-week break, you have Christmas, you have parties to go to. I hope that this Christmas, I hope it's filled with this Christmas spirit and of this giving and of this generous lifestyle, but I hope it doesn't stop when the lights are taken off the house and the decorations are put back in a box. I hope that it is a lifestyle that changes from here on out. I hope it's a full year, a full life of generosity. Let this Christmas be the kickstart of that. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, Lord, again, I just want to thank you so much for your presence, God. I, I know you're in this, in this room. You're, you're in these hearts of the students and of the leaders. And God, we, just, we thank you so much for that. And God, we thank you for the gift that you've given us and the example that you gave us. And Lord, I thank you so much for the scripture that you provide that, that just teaches us how to live a generous life. And God, I pray, as I kind of said earlier, that, that Lord, we don't just come in here and we don't just listen, but God, we become doers of what your word says. God, I pray for this Christmas break that's coming up and, and just this relaxation and this breather from our busy lives. And, and God, that, that we can just spend time and reflect and, and just be, in, and be one-on-one with you, God. Lord, I pray for these students. I pray for their schools, their, their, the places they work at, the teams they're on. I pray that they're trans, transformed by the faces and the hearts that are in here. I hope we understand that the church is not the only place we need to do church, but, but the places we live and the places we go 
is where we need to take church and where we need to take you. God, I pray for these small groups tonight. I pray that we focus on you and that we love you and we give you all the glory in your name. Amen.